Another episode of this film not rated. Sorry for uh, the uh, break. What movie are we talking about today? Dungeons and Dragons. Dungeons and Dragons. Honor Among Thieves. Just to yep. differentiate it from the other Dungeons and Dragons movie that came out 25 years ago. Dungeons and Dragons is an ambitious adaptation of the folklore in D&D called The Forgotten Realms, in which several key locations are found where several main characters comes together, come together, Guardians of the Galaxy style, and uh, embody different classes in the game. So you have your bard, or secretly rogue, depending on who you believe. You have our uh, wizard, we have our paladin, we have our barbarian. Long story short, Chris Pine's daughter was kidnapped uh, while he was off trying to bring back her dead mother. And the team has to go around, find out a way to rescue his daughter, convince her that he didn't run out of her on riches, and the team has to band together to steal and or return the riches stolen by Hugh Grant to the townsfolk. All that being said, are you ready? Is Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among Thieves a good movie? Everyone I've talked to has enjoyed their experience. Yes. Uh, I believe it's the same for me. That's wild. Uh, so, That's wild. it's a general, fun, easygoing movie. What is the best scene in this generally seen good movie? It's difficult to pin down one scene that is the best in the movie. I would say that a lot of the joy of my experiences of D&D have come from the journey, as it were. So it's the whole movie is your favorite scene. I can't arguably say that if you took one scene on its own, that it would stand alone better than other one scenes. I can't argue that either. Um, so, what should be cut from the movie i have an answer for this by the way i know exactly I what i would do care. too but i can't answer whether it should be cut for the movie from the movie it's it's personal preference okay i believe i will simply hint that when regine page's character the paladin mm-hmm. fights a team of undead Minions of the Sorceress. Right. He then turns directly to the people and says, now we should run away because they can't die. Being dead, I have a problem with that. I'm kidding. But I do think it says something when your character directly acknowledges Mm -hmm. uh, that what I just did had no consequence. I don't think I can argue with that logic. I have a different scene in mind, but I completely understand. The poll's in. 100% of people agree with me. So you avoid this one. (laughs) For now. Got real close, real close. Who's the best actor? It's a very difficult world 
to make believable? I don't know. I'm using my I don't know. You're using your I don't know. All right, that one's gone. Who's the worst actor? It's the same problem. If I could put these three fingers down. Oh. Of the lead performances, so we can't use cameos. Can't use cameos. The daughter is supposed to go through things that she doesn't even get the chance to go through. And I know supposed to is subjective, but I will justify it by saying the character is forced to accept that Forge has been lying about her father for two years, mm-hmm. almost off screen. So, I'm so saying, you're not saying her performance is bad, you're saying she's... But her she, performance is barely in the movie, thus rendering mm-hmm. it less effective than the other lead performances. <laughs> oh, wow. Would this movie work with any of the main characters' genders being swapped? I think if you switched Chris Pine to a Charlize Theron, Mm -hmm. you could have the same movie and the only audiences that would have an emotionally different ride would have to account for, you know, personal bias and life influences making them feel differently. Okay. Yep. What's the best line in the movie? The best quote. Yes. Mmm. Nah. Disagree. Sorry. It's a funny line, but I much, much prefer uh, Chris Pine's speech where he says, I'm the champion of failures. Kind of wrapping up all the emotional weight behind everything that's been going on up until then, and it gives input on his character arc. So, Curtis, you and I have been fans of Dungeons and Dragons for decades. Decades? Yeah, I would say. Uh, because when we tried to play, would already have been 2013 or earlier. So about a decade then. Uh, that's when we first started. You're telling me that you didn't want to try before that? No, not me. And I, I, I never thought of it until then. Oh, I loved Lord of the Rings. I didn't consider Lord of the Rings Dungeons and Dragons. But Dungeons and Dragons, nonetheless, is inspired by Lord of the Rings. It, it very much saying, is. There's DNA, and of course, we've been harder core into it for about two years now, because yes. I began DMing, you began DMing, mm-hmm. and uh, so we've run games, we've played in games, and mm-hmm. become familiar with having fun in this role playing sort of way. Yes. I I had an absolute blast with this from beginning to end both times I saw it. Uh, same here. Uh, I think I think the first time that I watched this, I I, I think I had a, a couple of issues with the pacing. It felt like after they'd gotten to Forge for the second time, when after after he's become Lord of Neverwinter, it felt like a a rushed uh, process to get the rest of the crew together to go and fight Forge. I didn't get that this time. This the second time it felt. A lot more evenly paced and it Even. didn't yeah i agree uh, and yeah and uh i got the feeling that the the writers and at the very least the directors were trying to give each character enough time uh to build up a personality uh 
before embarking on the next phase of, of the adventure. Now, now before we got get get to Simon the Sorcerer, we have like a little bit of of a backstory on him when uh, Chris Pine's character is telling his backstory, but we don't actually get to meet him until he's uh, trying to con people out of of loot during his uh, sorcery act. Even like like the special effects, there are actual like visual effects in the film. Uh, down to people wearing costumes and, and rubber masks for, like, the Dragonborns in, in, in the uh, movie and the Tabaxi, which are just these uh, humanoid cat, cat, cat creatures. Uh, the fish, the one fish that we see that swallowed up one, one of the cat babies was looked fully animatronic. Uh, yeah. and, like, it, I got the impression that they didn't want to use CG in this movie unless they absolutely had to or to enhance upon pre-existing visual effects. Or to do so, stuff like Thumberchoad, if that's yes. how you say his name. <laughs> Which uh, is something that uh, Lord of the Rings and Peter Jackson did for that series, where a lot of it was practical effects that was enhanced by digital effects. And those that's the kind of that's the kind of stuff that I like to see in filmmaking. It kind of brings the magic back into movie making. And mm. I, I absolutely love this movie for that. So I've been mixed on that because I really feel like there's a certain magic to visual effects that doesn't get enough credit and I think it's part of the reason why people are so capable of overlooking the amount of like crap that those people have been trudging through when they've been like slapped around by studios and forced to grind out projects mm -hmm. that consistently reinforce the idea that CGI inherently looks worse than practical effects. Yeah. Um but I I got to agree like I think you should always if you're if you're especially building a world that is not can't be touched you know there's something yeah. important about filming something tangible with it and the yes. two directors here uh john francis daly and jonathan goldstein john francis daly of freaks and geeks and waiting fame and many other projects the team uh worked on and and directed uh game night together like mm -hmm. they knew they they wrote this story mm -hmm. accounting for the rules of gameplay Yes. Is it like if, when it comes to spell casting, the only times that you didn't have them follow the rules of either having to use an actual word or a uh, uh, you know device or or an item or like you know it was it was to the letter unless it infringed on advancing the story or plot, or so, if it was just fun because like the owl bear. Normally, a druid wouldn't be able to turn to to an owlbear. It's not an animal. It's it's a monstrosity, and druids turn into animals. But they it's, uh, see but that's it's the fun. thing. That's the thing about their lore, though, is even that the owlbear as a wild shape. Mm -hmm. If you are a tiefling versus a traditional druid, it, yeah, I, I, this this I was actually think uh, thinking about the second time, and as a DM, I, I could see myself. Uh, kind of budging a little bit on that maybe for the owlbear yeah. there is separate lore and rules the, the the general rule of thumb seems to be by all accounts if you look at this movie and you see something and you think that can't be done mm -hmm. look to the movie for the reason why it can be done by the rules of dnd right uh at least f fifth edition I don't know if, you know, it's going by something else. But, you know, I, some of what we're going to say here is going to sound like gibberish to some people. <laughs> and true. I think that's part of the thing is this movie rides a line between niche appeal and mass appeal. And it does it successfully. And I think that's part of the reason why there are so many comparisons people draw between this and the Guardians of the Galaxy, where Marvel 
has been taking relatively unknown properties. Like, mm-hmm. you know, their B heroes are still Captain America and Thor, which everyone knows who they are. Yeah. But it's still not the person you would think to make a movie out of, and they right. did. Yeah. It's it's a it's kind of incredible that they really pulled this off. It's kind of incredible yeah. that this feels like it encompasses so much of playing the game that mm-hmm. it feels like an iconic main story, if that yeah. makes sense. Uh yeah. So just like going in, into in, into like games that's there like there there are characters in a D and D game where the, the 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 DM will have an insert character to maybe help the player characters go through a certain dungeon and that's kind of what Paladin Cage. Ca- yeah, that's kind of what he felt like to me. He he felt like a DM insert uh character. I gotta uh, tell you, one of my I think one of my favorite lines in the movie is because it 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 is designed to make you cringe and it's successful and so that's fun. Mm-hmm. Is when he looks at Chris Pine and he's like, what are you looking at? And he's like, a Harper living up to his legacy or whatever he says. <laughs> yeah. But, but the reason why, 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 why that kind of cringe things work is because you're not the only one who's cringing. It's the no, other it's actors. No, it's designed to make you. Well, yes, but like, that can, yes, but that can backfire. If not done, 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 done right. I'm saying part of the right. reason why, why it works is because the characters in the movie are also cringing at the same guy that you're cringing at. That's so it makes it a little bit. He does. He directly, he like turns at the camera and is like, ah, I just, there's so much team collaboration. So many Mm -hmm. skills used. I think in terms of rolling, I think it's pretty common knowledge that if you roll a one in D and D, that's a critical failure. If you roll a 20, Mm -hmm. that's a critical success. And I have a a theory that I haven't followed up on. And I probably will whenever this movie is available to buy of tracking the characters and seeing if they have a critical failure and a critical success for each one, because um, I think you have, you have like the Druid, for example, pulls off this insane gelatinous cube stunt. Oh yeah. That's, that's, that's right. That, 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 that's a nat 20 roll for sure. But at the same time, there's an entire sequence built around her trying to hide and mm-hmm. failing over and over and over and over and over again, turning right. into different animals. Right. The barbarian, yeah, that 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 would be her her that one. The barbarians that one would be opening up the mimic chest and getting caught by that. Uh, well, I don't know about that because like it's, yeah, that, well, no, that yeah, yeah, it's a, that's that's a monster. I, I would say mind. I would say it's like something to her. Like for the barbarian, I would say getting stabbed by by the red wizard blade. That's her dying, name. dying, dying. <laughs> yeah. Um, we are a spoiler podcast, so yeah. Yes, and we then, are. I forgot to mention that. Sorry, full spoilers um, for this movie. And I feel like there's a lot of room for her to be rolling 20s in terms of being the muscle that tackles, like, multiple people. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. You know, like, it's a whole thing. We can have the nerdiest conversations ever <laughs> arguing about, eh, is it this game mechanic? Is it that game mechanic? <laughs> and then you can just, you can, we can talk about how hilarious it is that in the second showing of the movie, the movie ended <laughs> as if it was the actual playing of the game. Yes. Which means that the power went out, cutting out the music and making everyone try and decide what was going on. <laughs> then coming back in to playing the final climactic battle with the sorceress. Mm-hmm. And then after a few decisions had been made, rewinding the movie and replaying <laughs> through to have everybody continue right. to commit to them. There's just a lot of good. It's a lot of fun. Uh, all of the... Um, I, I enjoyed all of the characters. Uh, Michelle Rodriguez. 
not taking herself constantly seriously through the whole movie, uh, mm-hmm. but still being like carrying the weight of someone, you know, who is the barbarian of the group and well mm-hmm. earns that title as an action star. Yeah. The only things that I have a problem with in this movie is the trope of the wife under the sheets memory and being driven by like the dead wife thing is a little bit yeah. like, but the thing is you kind of need something that's a little tropey again, to go back to that idea of what is your basic main story to introduce you to this world? Yeah. So it's kind of tricky. And then the ending, um, the whole concept of her having to die and then be brought back to life. Mm-hmm. It's like a, it's like a hero's journey thing. You have to die and come back to life. And I feel like there could have been possibly a more thoughtful way to do that in the arena or around the time that she's bringing down the red death or whatever, mm-hmm. where the characters could have, you know, in guardians of the galaxy, mm-hmm. the characters all technically are facing death but somehow make it through because Star-Lord doesn't know that he's in, like, a part god or whatever. Yeah. You know, so he, he they all prepare to sacrifice themselves to try to save each other. But mm-hmm. they... So it's like they have that death and rebirth moment as a group. Yeah. That I, I feel like you can take those movies one-to-one and see where it feels a little weird for the barbarian to have this moment. But counter to that... To play up the idea of an unconventional motherhood role like that yes, is really cool. But then it makes me miss everything they didn't do with mm-hmm. the daughter character. Where yeah. she, you know, has this invisibility charm and can be sneaking around the castle. And, like, it's just... That whole area feels unexplored to me. Um, but yeah. what are you going to do when you're just, like, you know, moving along and introducing this whole world, all these characters, carrying the weight of all this, and doing it so well? I yeah. can't complain. Right. Uh, uh, I know back when you were doing the gauntlet, I said I had a different scene in mind for something that I would cut out. Uh, it's it's a very quick thing, but uh, in that scene where, where Holga's dying, and you have Chris Pratt have this quick flashback to his wife in the with the mirror in the background after a firefly lands on his mm-hmm. uh, finger, uh, I, I would have cut out that flashback entirely because I don't think it's needed. The entire time you're going through the movie, that firefly is there. Uh, whenever it's referencing the the mother, and by by the time you get to that point, you already know it's meant to represent a symbol of freedom or of letting go. Mm. And I don't think you need that flashback to further emphasize that he's letting go of the past and moving forward with his new family. If if they do a sequel to this, do you want to see the same characters? Uh, if they do the same characters, I want to see a story based around one of the other characters, not Chris Pine's character, or. I would be completely fine with a completely different uh, cast of characters and, 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 and actors. Maybe this time you have, like, say, oh, uh, half-rogue elf. That's that's a popular thing in, in, in there. Uh, sorry, uh, half-elf rogue. Or just, like, a different band of characters. Maybe, maybe they're doing something else entirely. Maybe they're not uh, a band of uh, thieves. Maybe, they, may, maybe they're a band of mercenaries. Maybe, 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 maybe they're... Heroes of uh, of the realm in service to uh, the king of uh, of uh, Neverwinter or Waterdeep, something different because D and D is is a game that can host technically like 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 really an infinite amount of stories, mm-hmm. and having a sequel with a different story and different characters would help emphasize that. Either way, mm-hmm. I'm fine. See, I think they left Chris Pine's character open to like multi-classing and open to like developing a little bit more yeah and so i don't know i don't know 
Um, yeah, so that's that's pretty much, I mean, I would, I'm going to come back to watch this a lot just because, you know, this is all I could pull. You got this, The Hobbit, and the old D&D movie. What do you see you to do? You know, like, I, this really filled a void. It's not totally void. There are plenty of fantasy movies that can give you a certain level of satisfaction. I recommend Spine of Night to people. I think the Warcraft movie isn't all that bad. But this just hits the brand and hits that world and those rules really well. So I'm definitely coming back to see it. Thank you all for watching. Uh, this is this film not rated. Again, we're a branch of the Drive-In Podcast Network, and so you can find me at High Contrast FLM, uh, and I'm Curtis. You can find me on Twitter at uh, uh, Talk Anime GA. And I think that's all. Is there anything else you wanted to fill in? Hmm. Well, for perception. Mm-hmm.